Well, friends, I got to tell you here as I uh, roast in our downtown Las Vegas studios, it's pretty damn hot out there. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, the What's Right show is on. Yesterday, news, this became an international news story, by the way, right here from one of the runways at the airport formerly known as McCarran. Apparently, a Delta flight, I believe they were headed to Atlanta, got stuck on the tarmac for about three hours. Now, this, <laughs> I, I look, it's happened to me. I haven't, no, I have not been stuck on the tarmac for three hours, but I recently was flying uh, to California and Southwest, and I we sat on the runway for at least 40 minutes because there was a lot of traffic. And we're down a couple runways, so we've got all, this, all these flights leaving. We're all backed up. And, you know, the tower's processing people as fast as they can. I'm not exactly sure why this particular flight was stuck for three hours. Nonetheless, it got so hot on the plane, people began to faint. It got so bad that members of the crew, it's unclear if it was the pilots or the flight attendants, also became ill, ultimately requiring the flight to return back to the gate and for medical assistance to be rendered. Uh, Clark County Fire Department Rescue boarded the aircraft, removed uh, the passengers affected by this. And Delta, what the hell are you thinking? Well, you just leave people on the plane. At what point do you go? This plane's too hot. And whether the AC wasn't working or it wasn't working well enough, you know, airplanes are, not, they're not designed to to have very robust cooling systems because, the trick uh, when you're flying an airplane up in the sky, when it's negative 30, 40, 50 degrees, whatever it is, it's very cold in the air. So these planes are designed uh, with uh, the primary purpose of the of the air conditioning system uh, on, the, on the aircraft is to heat the air. AC is just something you use on the ground. Because when you're up above, all you do is turn the heat off and for a second, you'll, your airplane's going to cool down. Uh, but this 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 is a th- this is just unbelievable and unreal. Now it could be that when you're stuck in a queue, and I, I depends on the runway. You pilots out there know better than me. Some of the runways you just can't get out of queue. You can't just pull a pull a Yui uh, with a uh, what was this a 757? Well, either way, 737, 750. It's a big enough airplane. You you can't just turn it on a dime. So this, uh, f- my heart goes out to everybody who was who was uh, stuck in this hell, and I'm sorry that, uh, f- you know, many of you, some of you may know folks that were on this flight. Uh, people are leaving town for vacation or returning home. Uh, it was 111 degrees on the on the runways. I, I mean, it was, I, yeah, and there's not much you can do, right? So I want to point out another part of this. I understand that there are unruly passengers out there who have mental breaks. You've seen the videos. They get out there. They, they do crazy things on airplanes, and they are a menace to all of us just minding our own business, wanting to enjoy a flight, uh, if you can enjoy a flight these days. And the problem, though, is, is then the rest of us are so conditioned from the immense power and authority that's given to flight attendants to basically be, you know, have police powers in the sky that when there is a 
serious problem like this, people fainting, it being a risk to life of elderly and the young that are on this airplane, what are we, what are we not doing? We're not staging a riot because at some point it's inexcusable that the airline did not take care of these people. It's inexcusable that they had, if they had the opportunity to turn around and go back to the gate, um, not do that. And it's inexcusable that on the hottest day of the year, they decided to operate and fly an airplane that was not able to properly cool down. The AC issue, no doubt, the pilots knew that that problem existed. They phoned it in and got permission to fly or were instructed to fly anyway. And that's, I think as the story develops, that will be the crux of the, of the issue. And to the extent that people have any significant injuries, expect lawsuits. Now... The other, well, this is, this is a developing case. As I've told you, the, uh, it's a drip, drip, drip of information, and I am referring to uh, Capitol Hill today. Uh, the congressional Republicans have brought in and have given a, a forum to the, one of the IRS whistleblowers who we've already known of, but now we know his name. And this... A gentleman came forward and delivered what I would describe as riveting testimony about the lead up to the ridiculous slap on the wrist that Hunter Biden got for his tax scams. And this guy, it turns out, has a great deal of credibility. His name is, he's now come forward. We can use his name. His name is Joseph Ziegler. He is a gay Democrat. This is not a Republican operative. This is not a Trumpster. This is not a MAGA person. This is a guy with. Uh, you know, by politically aligned with the president and the president's party. And I would say just as importantly, if not more importantly, he is a veteran of the IRS and he's been with the investigative division with 13 years. The dude, when he's testifying, is literally wearing a striped tie with the trans flag colors. <laughs> I'm, I'm, why is that important? Well, I mean, his resume speaks for himself, but this, the allegation has been made from the beginning by Biden and, you know, everybody in his orbit who's carrying water for him, and I include the legacy media in this, that this is a witch hunt and that this is preposterous. These, any allegations that of any kind of impropriety is, is flat out wrong and that it is, and here's, here's it, that it is purely politically motivated. Now it's... You know, setting aside the irony, of course, is the guy who's leading a politically oriented, motivated investigation and prosecution of his primary uh, formidable political opponent, Donald J. Trump, saying that the very credible in, you know, inquiry into how is it possible that his son is getting away with not paying millions of dollars in income tax, surviving a multi-year investigation with a mere slap on the wrist – being able to pocket and not even pay back the taxes that he owes, that's something I learned. I mean, how nice is that? Any of you out there had a tax lien? Bet the IRS was real nice about that with you, huh? Bet they let you. You know what? Not only are we not going to bring any charges, we're going to give you a little slap on the wrist, a little misdemeanor. It's going to be a fine. No biggie. And that money that you didn't pay, you know, we're just going to kind of forget that. And, and it becomes, as a consequence of this deal, uncollectible. 
Now, one of the first things, and I have to say is I like, and I'm going to start here as I go through this testimony by Joseph Ziegler today on the Hill. One of the first things that he says is that he's credible because of his experience and not because of his sexuality, his orientation. This was a very powerful moment, and this is what it sounded like. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. Can't we all live with that? I can. I'm just pointing out the obvious, and it's, it's certainly fair of him, and it would be fair of anybody to declare that they are credible because of their experience, and not only fair, I mean, that's the country that I want to live in and the country that I advocate for. However, the asterisk exists not because of us, but because of them. They're the ones that are making this what it is. Give me an example of a MAGA Republican on uh, Jack Smith's prosecution team looking into Trump. I went through this exercise some time ago. I looked at the entire team, everybody that we know about, and I did some little research, and they're all... (laughs) They're all fanatics. <laughs> They're all die-in-the-world left-wing Democrats. So this is, you know, this is, and, and it, it is obscene particularly, and let me tell you this important point. It is obscene particularly that he has to come out and defend himself this way. Because remember, from go on the Hunter Biden investigation, we kept being told over and over again by Merrick Garland, by the president himself, everybody, that because the AG in Delaware was appointed by Trump, that that made whatever this attorney general, excuse me, the the U.S. attorney in Delaware, uh, David Weiss, but whatever he did, oh, it's above reproach because he is a Trump appointee. And that is the cover they used to cut this sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden. And we're finding out, by the way, and this is some of what's coming out in this testimony, that David Weiss lacked a real power. Here's what Joseph Ziegler had to say about that particular issue. I will also note that while the impression has been conveyed by the U.S. attorney in Delaware that he has similar powers to that of a special counsel in this case, free reign to do as needed, that was not the case. It appeared to me, based on what I experienced, that the U.S. attorney in Delaware in our investigation was constantly hamstrung, limited, and marginalized by DOJ officials as well as other U.S. attorneys. I still think that a special counsel is necessary for this investigation. Bingo. Of course it is. Now, whoever they pick, and remember the special counsel be appointed by Merrick Garland, make no mistake about it, they'll appoint somebody who's going to, you know, still attack this with kid gloves, but at least there won't be the kind of interference that was put in place by prosecutors who hamstrung the investigation from go. And here's what the whistleblower came forward and said about that. Assigned prosecutors did not appear to follow the normal investigative process slow walk the investigation and put put in place unnecessary approvals and roadblocks from effectively and and efficiently investigating the case. A number of times we were not able to follow the facts. That's 
what was already said, right? Gary Shapley, the 14-year veteran of the IRS, he sent that letter back in April. Remember when he asked for whistleblower protection to testify about what he asserted was political interference and improper handling of the ongoing Justice Department investigation into Hunter Biden's tax returns. He testified again today, and he gave examples of that form of prosecutorial interference that hampered his ability to do his job. The Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice handling the Hunter Biden tax investigation was very different from any other case in my 14 years at the IRS. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. For example, prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walk steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Warrants that were ready as early as April of 2020, but were delayed until after the November, November 2020 election and never pursued. Investigators were not allowed to follow up on WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden's Apple iCloud backup, where he suggested he was sitting next to his father. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf cited the optics of executing a search warrant at President Biden's residence as a deciding factor for not allowing it, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. I think each one of these prosecutors that interfered in this case, that did the political uh, bidding of the Bidens, hope you appreciate that alliterative declaration. <laughs> I, <laughs> what punishment? I mean, you know, of course, even Kevin McCarthy, who I think is, has got a great deal of sobriety to him and his political instincts, is now publicly calling for the impeachment of Merrick Garland. And I'm, you know, I'm just thinking maybe something a little more immediate, like putting them on a hot airplane, a tarmac here at Las Vegas International Airport. Sam Rajovsky, be back in a moment. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Don't go anywhere, folks. Lots to still cover. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, patriots, Las Vegans, Americans, Californians, wherever you are. I love you all equally, um, even when you disagree with me. Uh, some of you disagree with me more often than not, but that is the collegial and friendly atmosphere of the What's Right show that you've come to love and enjoy. Sam Rajovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Reporting for duty, by the way, just through the break here, received an email from David, who emailed me at sam at samanashlaw.com. David writing, Sam, a special counsel idea, uh, excuse me, a special counsel is a terrible idea. This will guarantee that nothing gets settled for two years. Now, David, I think, is referring to what I was just talking about earlier here, that the one of the uh, one of the whistleblowers today on the Hill, Joseph Ziegler, who has been with the IRS for 13 years, were, was part of the investigative team looking into the Hunter Biden tax fraud that was fairly blatant. Everybody wanted to move the case forward on the team, and they were told to stand down by Justice Department officials. And one of the recommendations that he made is he he said, "Listen, we were we were hamstrung and and everything, and and um, 
and and really the only way forward on this, and both he and actually Gary Shapley said this, the, the only way forward on this is to do a appoint an independent counsel. Kind of like Bob Mueller. Remember Bob Mueller? <laughs> and now we have Jack Smith. Uh, so... David, you're you're half right and half 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 wrong. I, and then I say this with all due respect. I my problem with the general counsel is they're going. I mean, the special counsel will be that they are going to appoint somebody who is. I agree with you. Is going to take a uh, do a do a, a very slow review of this and push it be, back uh, beyond the election. So you're you're right about that. On the other hand, on the other hand, a general counsel is. Never, ever, excuse me, let me start this over. A special counsel is never a good idea for a target. They're just not, okay? And they'll be, they'll be pushed, I mean, it, it ruined Bill Clinton's life in a lot of ways when Starr was appointed and started looking into everything. They have subpoena powers. They uh, have an, uh, virtually an unlimited budget. They're focused. They can't get any interference from the outside. It can happen. There still can be interference. I acknowledge that. But there is a reason. I'll put it to you this way. There is a reason why Merrick Garland has at every previous juncture to this refused a special counsel. And it's not because... It would all just uh, move slowly and produce no negative results for Biden, for Hunter, and the rest of the people involved in this mess. So I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, it, it, it may take a while, uh, but I also think at the same time what the congressional Republicans are doing on the House Oversight Committee, this is incredible work. I mean they're getting to the bottom of this, and they're shining daylight on stuff that the Bidens wish would never, ever ever be exposed one of the things that was uh, pretty staggering too in the testimony uh, earlier today Joseph Ziegler the uh, the well now is newly revealed we knew about him we knew what he was claiming but now he's come forward with his name and been willing to appear in public he uh, discussed that Biden lied about his business expenses to the IRS agents. Again, lying to federal agents is a, is a crime. They've routinely charged uh, Trump people with lying to the FBI, lying to federal agents. So listen to this. And by the way, he did it, a claim is at least, he did it while he was sober. By Hunter Biden's own account, he was sober, newly married, and writing his memoir. Hunter Biden's accountants requested that he sign a representation letter stating that all the deductions were for business purposes and were being reported appropriately. Statements Hunter Biden made in his book completely contradicted what he was deducting as business deductions on his 2018 return. If you or I did this, if we flat out, when asked by the IRS, hey, are these really legitimate deductions? Are these really legit? Are you? Sam, are you sure? What, what do you think would, what do you, and we said yes, and we lied. What do you think would happen to us? See, the brazenness of this is staggering. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to, this, this will imperil the deal that Hunter Biden 
is getting. It's supposed to be signed off on next week. And it, it certainly, it certainly presents a political headache uh, for Joe. Sam Rajofsky, be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Happy Wednesday, Sam Rajofsky here, your host of the What's Right Show. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. All right, tell you what uh, the Bidens deserve here in a second. Uh, There was another story yesterday tying into the whistleblower testimony today to understand how powerful it is that we have a registered Democrat, 13-year veteran of the IRS, coming forward now, putting his name on this mess, a coming, you know, showing himself and explaining that what he witnessed while he was investigating Hunter Biden, the interference that he experienced by the Justice Department by the lawyers who ought to be pursuing justice regardless of who the target of an investigation is, he found unacceptable. Now, because he's come forward, by the way, he's also been getting a bit of hate from Democrats. Here is what Joseph Ziegler earlier today said under oath while testifying to the House Oversight Committee. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, Others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. And that... I think is a fair sentiment. You can imagine uh, that, listen, this guy, whether, again, I mean, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you're working at the IRS. And I, I think when you, this is how I always imagine it, I think the IRS really uh, is motivated when it comes to the investigation division uh, to go after real tax cheats. I could imagine, and, and, and again, I n- I've never really been in you know in a bad spot with the irs but i'm a business owner i understand what it's like when you get an inquiry and when you get a, a tax bill and we have to go talk to them not a pleasant experience but i will tell you that of all the f- you know governmental federal agencies they're they're actually fairly organized and there's a difference in view between you know some mild moderate straightforward compliance and the people who are out there deliberately ripping off the government. And it incenses these guys. I've, I've spoken to a few of them that I've gotten to know. It absolutely maddens them when somebody is flagrantly, you know, criminally, uh, fraudulently, uh, you know, uh, failing to declare income and, and flaunting the rules and getting away with millions in unpaid taxes. And so it's, you know, and to give you an idea, he, he testifies, right, to what this was all about. You know, what kind of tax lies were involved? 
This is stuff that you and I just could never get away from. This was on his, this was on Hunter Biden's 2018 taxes. While writing his memoir, Hunter stated, I holed up inside the chateau for the first six weeks and learned how to cook crack. Hunter Biden allegedly falsely claimed business deductions for, chat, for payments made to the Chateau Marmont, a hotel room for his supposed drug dealer, sex club memberships, falsely referenced on the wire as a golf membership, hotels he was blacklisted from, and a Columbia University tuition payment for his adult daughter. This is embarrassing. And where are all the Democrats who talked incessantly about Trump's tax cheating? Remember that? You know, I'm old enough here to, you know, wind back the tape a little bit and and recall 2016, where every person on CNN, MSNBC at the New York Times, Washington Post, all whining about the near zero in income tax that that uh, the Trump uh, was apparently not paying. Oh, and we wanted to see the Trump tax returns. We want to see the t- uh, tax returns. <laughs> Remember that? And then you can't tell me, by the way, since they're really going after everything that Trump is doing, you can't tell me, you can't tell me here for a minute that if Trump had significantly or even moderately cheated on his taxes that that would not be a charge right now he'd be facing right so i'm just i'm just pointing out everybody's quiet on this chateau marmont by the way is in hollywood it's in la it's it's a it's a club type hotel no doubt producer robbie has some stories from there i'm sure he uh has has maybe been there once or twice. Uh, I'm I'm throwing you under the. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I but you know you've lived in that area at one point in time. So just uh, thinking out loud here, uh, it's exactly the kind of place where a um, it's a lot of artists and actors and people hang out there. This was Hunter Biden, absolutely a place to hang out. But it was not a business expense. These were just his, this was his lifestyle that he was funding through these various shell companies. And let's not forget that the real criminality here is the fact that this money came from people who were looking to buy favor with the sitting then vice president of the United States, a.k.a. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's dad. Now, one of the things that Gary Shapley, the other IRS agent, a 14-year veteran of the IRS himself, said he he said that they weren't allowed to follow up on the WhatsApp messages to Henry Zhao. You remember the one that um, that said, he said, I'm sitting here with my father. I'd like you to understand the commitment has not been fulfilled, meaning the money wasn't sent. And then basically the rest of the text was, if you don't send this money between me and the man sitting next to me, again, referencing Joe Biden, we're going to do everything to make your life miserable. Now, what he added to that, Shapley adds to that, is that Joe Biden was protected from from it's like that, like the, that line about Kaiser Soze and the usual suspects, like from the Prince of Darkness on high. You know, this is this is what he said. When I first started noticing deviations from the normal investigative process around June 2020, I did not run to Congress to air grievances. Instead, I documented my concerns and made internal protected disclosures to my chain of command. 
I tried to give the prosecutors the benefit of the doubt for a very long time. But then what? Right, he went through the proper channels, right? And in April 2022, in a hearing, Attorney General Garland was asked how the American people could be confident the administration was conducting a serious investigation into the president's own son. Attorney General Garland responded by saying, because we put the investigation in the hands of a Trump appointee. He led Congress to believe the case was insulated from improper political influence because all decisions were being made exclusively by Delaware United States Attorney David Weiss, but that was not true. Yeah, and this, by the way, right, this then leads into the question of, you know, what do you do with, with Merrick Garland? Because today, this was in the Hill.com, House Republicans debating whether to focus impeachment efforts on Attorney General Merrick Garland after Kevin McCarthy suggested an inquiry against him. And, you know, I, I've said this earlier in the hour here, and one of the things that some more, let's say, more sober-minded Republicans like Daryl Issa are saying. Issa is a California Republican. He says, well, you know, we really don't want to get into removing cabinet-level uh, appointees. You know, they serve at the pleasure of the president. If they're doing the president's bidding, you know, then whatever they do is on the president. But if, you know, they're they're violating a law, well, then that's something that we, you know, can be, and it can be articulated, well, then that's, we go. I'm telling you, here the problem is, you've got the Attorney General, who is the, what is he, uh, well, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer in the nation, lying to Congress, lying under oath. Now, if I, as a lawyer in Nevada, I'm licensed in Nevada and California. If I get, if I as a lawyer, duly licensed in the state of Nevada and California, lie under oath, I can lose my law license. So why the hell can Merrick Garland not lose his job over this? This is scandalous. And what you have here, what you have here, these behaviors, these, this, this flagrant flaunting of the rules is a consequence of the immense political privilege that comes with being the right party. If you've got the right letter behind your name, if it's a D, okay, clue, if it's a D, if it's not an R, but if it's a D, guess what you get? You get a pass. You get a pat on the back. You said, no, you know, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt here because we, we understand your heart was in the right place. But if you're a Republican, if you've got that, that R behind your name, particularly if that R is part of that group that the president has singled out to be the most anti-American, the most anti-liberal, the most anti-society group out there, anti-social group, these extreme MAGA Republicans. Well, then the full weight of the state, of the federal law enforcement branches of the IRS, of everything, can be brought to bear down on you. And that is permissible because you're not compatible with the future of the country as they see it. And that's the real story here, folks. This is not the country that you want to live in. And if this were the other way around, and it were the R's persecuting the D's for political purposes, I can tell you this right now, I promise you, this program, I would be a man on fire shouting about it just the same 
way. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Welcome back, folks. Sam Rajofsky here, uh, News Talk 840 KXNT. I started, I got a little distracted last segment. I, I didn't mention this story about how there's an FBI agent came forward yesterday, a supervisory agent who investigated Hunter Biden and that he was told to decline to respond by FBI lawyers. Now, here on the What's Right show, we're following this very closely because there's all these different components of this popping, and I don't want to lose track of this all. The IRS are investigating the, the, the tax evasion portion of this. Now, the FBI are investigating would presumably lead the investigation into the payments themselves, whether they uh, were intended to be funneled to the then vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, and or also included in that list, figuring out whether uh, Hunter Biden was uh, improperly acting as an unregistered foreign agent. Remember Manafort? Paul Manafort, he was briefly Trump's campaign manager, ended up going to prison for a bit simply because he was representing Ukraine kind of in the same way that Hunter was, apparently, and didn't register himself as a foreign agent. That was, that was the, the gist of it. Again, if you've got the R behind your name, the full weight of the law, if you're aligned and affiliated with Donald J. Trump, well... Better better make sure your house is in order because they're going to look under every stone, turn over every leaf just to find anything that they possibly can do to get, uh, get you. So here the IRS agents has come forward in letters and shown the letters to the New York Post, who's written a story about this. This was published yesterday. And the letters uh, that the Post has reviewed, the writers here, Steve Nelson, uh, reviewed said the FBI general counsel Jason Jones sent the letter Sunday afternoon. This was just hours before the agent was set to testify. And this is even though the FBI knew of a scheduled uh, deposition uh, days, days in advance. In meaningful part here, the email reads, the department, meaning the FBI, expects that you will decline to respond to questions seeking non-public information likely covered by one or more components of executive privilege or other significant confidentiality interests, in particular information about deliberations or ongoing investigative activity in law enforcement matters. Executive privilege? Oh, now they care about executive privilege. Now they care about the power that the president has to keep matters within his administration private. They didn't care a rat's rear end about executive privilege when they hauled every person who worked inside of the Trump administration before a grand jury, did they? They didn't give a rip about the conversations covered by executive privilege that were torn open by the special counsel, Jack Smith, investigating Trump. They don't care about executive privilege when they're talking about that 
election interference down in the Georgia case. They don't care about attorney-client privilege, making lawyers testify about private, confidential conversations that they've had with their client, both in the federal grand jury down in Miami and also in other cases, even with, for example, the state bar matter involving one of Trump's lawyers. I mean, it's all, they don't care about any executive. Suddenly now, the FBI, these people are an extension of the Biden campaign. That's who these people are. How can anybody take this seriously? The letter, the letter further instructs the agent set to give a private closed-door deposition to the House Oversight Committee. And the, the you know, he says, okay, quote, you should instead refer such questions to the FBI's Office of Congressional Affairs. <laughs> yes. So basically, don't tell the Republicans anything or else. You know, you'd almost kind of get the impression kind of get the impression here that they're engaged in a little bit of a cover-up, wouldn't you say? You almost get the impression here that, I don't know, that there's a little bit of obstruction of justice occurring. Remember, Congress has a constitutional right, and I would say, as reading the text of the Constitution, a duty to keep the executive branch in check. Their oversight is uh, something that is, is, is a constitutional uh, obligation. So I just, I just love this. And, and incidentally, this is why ultimately the Democrats are going to be hoist by their own petard. Now, what does that expression mean? Well, it's a, it's a great little saying, and it means that Ultimately, your, goal, your, your own efforts to get your opponent are going to come back and kick you in the A, money, money. Now, what do I mean here? All of their efforts to get Trump, all of this going back to, to before, yeah, before he was elected in 2016, all of this investigation, all the stuff that was greenlit back by you know, Eric Holder and, and, and Barack Obama, all, the, all that, all through today, they, they pushed the envelope on stuff. They, they you know, they, they really ran roughshod over executive privilege, for, for one. They ran roughshod over decorum. They ran roughshod over convention. They just... They just went in there like a bulldozer because Trump had to be destroyed at all costs. Well, when you do stuff, quote unquote, at all costs, what happens? You're not, you've thrown away, you've thrown away the budget. Political tit for tat is, you know, can be a, can be a beasy, right? The budget, right? The back and forth, the balance requires that you say, listen, I'm not going to push this because when, I'm out of power, and they're in power. This could be used as a weapon against me. But they didn't have that foresight because, because, because Trump derangement literally had them seeing red spots. You remember this. The people were nuts. 
They were foaming at the mouth. They were so beside themselves. How could Trump become president? Oh, my God. We had to do anything to get rid of him. So the, the net net of that is Republican uh, president comes in and, I mean, this all now has, is, is going to be used against them. There's no executive privilege here. We've, we've done away with that. We can ask people inside the administration what kind of communications they've had. Absolutely. Particularly if it involves the Attorney General of the United States, who is appointed uh, by the president with the advice and consent of the Senate. And the House has a right to oversee that. So, uh, I, I mean, this is just more of the cover-up. It's happening, uh, and, it, and I'm, it has to be followed. So when we come back, by the way, I promised you I'd share a couple clips here from uh, Governor DeSantis on CNN with Jake Tapper. Interesting stuff. I'll tell you what it means for the race. I'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome, friends, to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism here on News Talk 840 KXNT, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Yeah, well, DeSantis finally went on some hostile media, although I will say this, that the interview itself was, was fairly tame. And I would, look, I would say that Tapper went uh, fairly easy on him, maybe I have some thoughts on that in a moment, but... It didn't really give uh, DeSantis a chance to, to get fiery, to get feisty, which is, I think, what people need to see because he's a little bit low energy. This guy, this is going to be offensive to say, but he's eh, a little bit of Jeb vibes. He's just, when he gets fired up, it's good, okay? When he gets fired up. But it just sounds so weak. It sounds so weak. So... Tapper asks him about Trump accountability. This is a typical question that I get asked all the time by, uh, well, you know, left of center people. Well, listen, look, if Trump is, if Trump did these things, right, if he actually did these things, should he be held accountable? Some variation of that question. And the answer I have, of course, you've heard me give a thousand times here, but Here's the, here's the answer that Sanders gives, and it's not that it's necessarily bad. It just uh, – I think it's a – I think this was an opportunity to come out swinging, and he it just didn't do it. If Jack Smith has evidence of criminality, should Donald Trump be held accountable? So here's the problem. Uh, this country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences, and I think that's wrong. Alvin Bragg stretched a statute in, in Manhattan – to be able to try to target Donald Trump. Most people, even people on the left, acknowledge if that wasn't Trump, that case would not have likely been brought. The Department of Justice, FBI, uh, have been weaponized uh, against people they don't like. And the number one example of that happened to be against Donald Trump with the Russia collusion. Uh, that was not a legitimate investigation that was being done to try to drive Trump out of office. Well, here's my answer. I mean, can I? I, saying the same thing, but a little bit differently. If I were DeSantis, Tapper says, if Jack Smith has evidence of criminality, should Donald Trump be held accountable? You say, yeah, we want even justice in this country. Right now, 
every Republican I know and many, many independents really believe that Republicans are being targeted by Democrats and that Democrats are letting themselves off the hook, that the political system in this country is designed to protect one party and go after the other. That's unacceptable, Jake. That's un- that's not America. That's Putin's Russia. By the way, I love telling Dems. It's like Putin's Russia. Because honestly, for how much antipathy, I'm not saying it's misplaced, but how much public antipathy the Democrats have for Vladimir Putin, they sure act a lot like him. If you catch my drift. But this was an opportunity to just come straight. And stop talking about Alvin Bragg. You know, people are lost and they didn't even understand what really went on. They've forgotten about that case, literally. Alvin Bragg is a you know, crime fraud. I, what, I, the, real, the, the real thing here is that on a federal level, at the same time that federal law enforcement is letting the president and his son off the hook and is turning a blind eye and obstructing justice, they are pursuing to the letter of the law their political opponent. That, to me, Jake Tapper, is the headline here. It's not, should Donald Trump be held accountable? That's, that's, a, that's BS. That ship sailed. Hillary Clinton wasn't held accountable. All right? Barack Obama and Eric Holder weren't held accountable. Anybody remember Fast and Furious? <clears throat> As I clear my throat, look, that ship has sailed. Don't give me that. This isn't, nothing occurs in history or in politics or even in business in a vacuum. It's never what's right in front of you. It's what is this question you're asking me relative to all the other information available out there in the universe? So when DeSantis answers the question and says, so here's the problem. The country's going down the road of criminalizing political differences, and I think that's wrong. It's just, oh, where is the fire? Get some fire, man. So continuing on that theme, DeSantis says that his job will be to restore a single standard of justice. Uh, Here's what he says about that. It doesn't seem... As president, my job is to restore a single standard of justice to end weaponization of these agencies. We're going to have a new FBI director on day one. Uh, We're going to have big changes at the Department of Justice. Americans across the political spectrum need to have confidence that what is going on is based on the rule of law, not based on what political tribe you're in. Well, all that's fine and dandy. Of course... (laughs) We've got to have a new director on day one. Yeah, of course. I mean, Christopher Ray is, well, we'll see if he survives the next two years. I, I strongly doubt it because uh, it's going to get messy. But, um, you know, then he gets asked about January 6th because, of course, we've got this pending, uh, pending further charges. Probably, I think, Thursday, Friday, we could see them as early as against President Trump. And And, and by the way, these charges could be brought either down in Florida or in Washington, D.C. So those charges, you know, got brought up, and DeSantis answered the, you know, the, the call, the question of whether, you know, what, what, do you, what does he think of that, answered it this way. 
This country needs to have a debate about the country's future. If I'm the nominee, we'll be able to focus on President Biden's failures, and I'll be able to articulate a positive vision for the future. I don't think it serves us good to have a presidential election focused on what happened four years ago uh, in January. And so I want to focus on looking forward. I don't want to look back. I, I do not want to see him. I hope he doesn't get charged. I don't think it'll be good for the country. Uh, but at the same time, I've got to focus on looking forward, and that's what we're going to do. I think on Monday... I played a clip of Vivek Ramaswamy answering a similar question about the cause of January 6th in the sense that he wasn't being asked about Trump and any pending charges, but he was being asked very specifically, you know, what about, about, about that event, what it means. I just want to, I'm going to play it again because I'm going to contrast how Ramaswamy answers the question of January 6th, and turns it around onto, but this was a friendly interview, of course, with Tucker Carlson at the Q&A uh, last Friday at, in Des Moines, Iowa. But notwithstanding, you could answer the, you know, you could answer the same question that Jake Tapper asks about, well, shouldn't Trump be held accountable for what happened on January 6th? And what's the cause of it? We got to get to this and preserve democracy and, and turn it back onto him the way Vivek did here speaking with, Tucker Carlson. You want to know what caused January 6th? Is pervasive censorship in this country in the lead up to January 6th. You tell people in this country they cannot speak, that is when they scream. You tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And so the reality is, we were told that you could not question where the virus came from when we all knew it came from a lab in Wuhan, which now they admit. We were told that you could not send a private message to someone on the eve of an election that Hunter Biden's laptop story was actually a true story worth considering before an election. You were systematically suppressed. So this is, think about this. You told you had to be locked down, had to take a vaccine that was mandated and forced down your throat, stay locked down in your home while Antifa and BLM roam and burn the streets of this country. So that's the lead up of one full year of telling people you have to shut up, sit down and do as you're told and then you tell them, okay, there's an election where you didn't get the information that you needed, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story being real and suppressed. That's what caused January 6th. And then what you do, if you're getting asked by Jake Tapper, the way DeSantis was last night on CNN, then you say, so Jake, don't make this about Trump. January 6th isn't about Trump. It's not about MAGA. It's about you and your Democratic pals who thought that they could impose martial law and their will and censorship on this country. You turned us into a totalitarian dictatorship and used the virus as an excuse. What do you think is going to happen when you do that to Americans? It's time you and the left take blame for this. There's only one way to win now as a Republican and I'll keep saying this until I lose my voice. You have to bring the fire and you have to bring ideas. Now, Trump had his own appearance last night on a town hall with Hannity. Let's compare and see how that went here after the break. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Well... Here we go, folks. Let's keep this rolling. 
second hour of the What's Right show is on. Here on News Talk 840 KXNT, Sam Rajovsky here, local attorney. And, uh, well, truth teller, patriot, the whole nine yards, a recovering Californian. That is my eternal struggle now as a transplant in from in from California. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's, folks, it's, it's a, it's a painful adjustment for some. Now, for me, it was very easy. I, I, I got here and moved to, I moved to Las Vegas to Nevada in 2019. I've, I've mentioned the story a few times, but I expected it to be something that I would just, it'd be okay. You know, I thought it was gonna be okay. And within, I mean, it was within weeks, I absolutely fell in love with everything here. Uh, met some incredible friends who are still friends now. I met, uh, met a, found a community, found a, uh, I would say, a, a, yeah, I mean, a real community, a sense of, a sense of city. You know, when, when you're, you're in Southern California, for example, it's very fragmented. Even a county like Orange County, where I was living, you have pockets of it and they're all very different and and people kind of stay in their pockets but here i i i found very quickly that there are by virtue of it being a, a relatively small city uh there is and there are centrally located things that draw people in for example the golden knights now the silver knights you know maybe to a lesser extent the raiders but you know, community events, sports, the Smith Center, things that are bringing people together, you know, they come from all over. And whether it's in Henderson or it's in North Las Vegas or, or Las Vegas proper or, you know, in other areas, Spring Valley, whatnot, it, 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 there's a sense of community here. And I love it. That said, though, some people, some pesky Californians come into town and they want to just make this California uh, junior, which I'm not okay with, and uh, and and I, I'm you know I, I like a prediction here. I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching the strike out in California. And I'm going to get to Trump in a second. I just had to share this because it's hilarious. You know, there's all of these actors that literally no one feels bad for. Like nobody feels bad for actors who are having to demand greater pay. I mean, it's what a Wow, what a, what a what a terrible place to be. Well, anyway, they're they're out there protesting outside Universal's headquarters, which I think is in Studio City. And right, so they're protesting out there, and it's apparently it's hot in California. But please, you know, hold my beer. Right, we've got we've got heat here. So the Washington Post reported that they <laughs> they're protesting out there. This is okay. This is in their North Hollywood location. Nonetheless, they're protesting out there, and there's these beautiful big trees along the boulevard there outside the headquarters. And so what Universal did is they, <laughs> they, they cut down the trees. They decided to prune the trees to where they're basically naked, <laughs> and there's no shade. <laughs> and so the, the picketers left. <laughs> they left. They, they weren't going to pick it if there was no shade around. A row of leafy ficus trees lining the sidewalk on Barnum Boulevard where striking workers have been gathering to pick it had been shorn of many of their branches and leaves. 
Those branches and leaves, writes the Washington Post, can cast a welcome shade, shielding the picketers uh, from the summer heat. My, my worry is these picketers are going to end up out of work. They're going to end up broke, and they're going to be like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to move to Las Vegas, and they're going to come with their idiotic left-wing fantasy ideas here to Nevada. So that's where the Svets was concerned, you know, about that kind of influx, as I know many of you are. Now, Trump, Trump is concerned about other influxes, particularly illegal immigration. Talks about that every chance he gets. Last night on Sean Hannity, uh, mentioned uh, that along with, of course, uh, the levels of what he calls election interference. Now, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I, I too believe that this is election interference. Look, you guy's got 50, 52, 53% in the polls. doesn't even matter. He's the front runner. He's the front runner in every single poll taken, even the ones that have him uh, at a lower level. He is very clearly, even before he declared himself a candidate, the chief political opponent of the sitting president, because, of course, Trump is still politically active and intends, as we all have known, as no surprise, intended and intends now to seek a second term. And you have a weakened, feeble, and also heavily compromised president sitting in office who wants to get rid of him. So Hannity... uh, Asked him, does any of this bother you, all these extra charges coming maybe later this week? And Trump says this. It doesn't seem to bother you like I think it would bother so many other people. What, what is it about you that it doesn't? No, it bothers me. It bothers me for everybody in this incredible sold-out audience. And it's, uh, it bothers you. I got the letter on Sunday night. Think of it. I don't think they've ever sent a letter on Sunday night. And they're in a rush because they want to interfere. It's interference with the election. It's election interference. Never been done like this in the history of our country, and it's a disgrace. And I agree with him. It is a disgrace. Now, speaking of what this is distracting from, Trump says this about winning and the importance of the mission. What's happening to our country whether it's the borders or the elections or kinds of things like this, where the DOJ has become a weapon for the Democrats, an absolute weapon. And it seems that every time my polls, you know, we're leading by a lot. And we're leading by a lot in a place called Iowa, a lot. And and not only with the Republicans, but we're leading against Biden by a tremendous amount. They haven't seen anything like it. they feel, I guess, they want to try and demean and diminish and, and uh, frighten people, but they don't frighten us because uh, we're going to make America great again. That's all there is. We're going to make our... And look, uh, I mean, he's leading by Biden a lot. No, he's not. He's not leading Biden by a lot. Some sort, Okay, some polls I've seen like a point, maybe two. That's, that's silly. But he's, it's, it's Trumpian bluster is what that is. But it ha- this kind of stuff hasn't happened before, and, 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 and it's maddening. It has to be maddening to a guy like him whose entire first term in office was absolutely derailed by these fanatics to now have them pursuing him again. And these are the people that want to charge him, and we'll see what the indictment actually says. They literally want to charge him with election interference. And they did during the first Russia hoax 
uh, investigation were alleging that he, the Trump uh, campaign, conspired with Russia to interfere in the 2016 election. So this has been a refrain level. This is a charge leveled at him again and again. The irony, of course, is it's the Democrats that are that are interfering in the election over and over again, and they're using the full weight of the federal system to intimidate Republicans, to suppress votes, and to sideline the leading Republican candidate for office. It is downright scandalous, and it should not should not be left as is. All right, when we come back. Uh, yeah, there's some of the third-party candidates' updates. So people are reacting to this. You know, I was talking about it yesterday, and it's getting um, – it's getting. the Federalists came out with an interesting piece about RFK. Uh, and it actually – they have an idea of why it actually helps Joe Biden. And that's an interesting position because I don't think a lot is helping Biden right now. I'll explain what that is all about when we return. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Brought to you by Salmon Ash Injury Law. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Salmon Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SalmonAshLaw.com. Well, they're my favorite burgers uh, when I travel around here in California, other states too, in and out in the news this week. I'm sure you've heard some reference to this. I want to tell you what this is all about here in a moment. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only injury law firm to trust. If you've been in an accident, been hurt, 702-820-1234. This is the firm that helps, and we do it day in and day out. I say we because I am the Sam of Sam and Ash Injury Law, and uh, I do – it's one of my great pleasures is both being here on air but also representing many of you as you go through various challenges, and I I absolutely love what I do. I'm passionate about it, and – uh, I'm grateful that we have uh, a tremendous staff here at the firm that those of you who have, have leaned on us know exist and serve and are really tremendous people. So thank you for your confidence in us here in Las Vegas and in California, uh, offices uh, in both states, and we love what we do. 702-820-1234. Now, speaking of California, in and out is a very popular chain of fast food restaurants, no doubt many of you have been. Some of you perhaps even love In-N-Out like I do. I love In-N-Out. I try to not eat too many hamburgers, so I don't eat there as much as I would want to. But they've made news uh, this week because they have put out a directive to their workers in all states but California and I believe Oregon. Yes, saying no more masks. If you want a mask, bring a doctor's note, and you have to wear an N95. And it's really, f- well, not funny. It's interesting to me because I, it was last week that I went to my In-N-Out that's by my house here in Vegas. And I was there with my son. I picked him up from water polo and... So it was late. It was late at night, but probably about nine thirty. 
It's not that late. For me, that's late. All right? And we're, I, I go up to the guy, a real nice kid there working uh, behind the register, and he's got this mask on. And it's one of those paper masks. It's loose-fitting. And I'm like, what is this mask even doing for you, buddy? Like there's giant air gaps all the way around it. There's a whole group of young people, some older too, but young people in particular who have social anxiety issues or just don't like, I don't know, I enjoy hiding. And are, th- these masks have become like security blankets. So I I was looking at him, nice guy, not gonna say anything beyond that, but just was wondering, this isn't a good look for In-N-Out. It was in the back of my head. This is a brand that in part always paid its associates more money than whatever the prevailing wage and you know working you know fast food jobs is and significantly more all of their most of their executives uh, get promoted from within you can quickly rise to a place in the company if you're competent to making a, a, a livable wage store managers depending on what store it is make hundreds of thousands of dollars by that I mean two three hundred thousand can be a salary that you get as a store manager depends on the store depends on what kind of volumes of sales they have but but I'm just I'm just pointing this out it's the reason that they pay well and the reason that they promote from within is why because they care about the people that they get in and it's not just about the food it's about the customer experience and that involves being extremely pleasant and kind to people and friendly my customers always writing in and out. You you could you could totally mess up your order. You you'll go. They are trained. If you go back to them and say, "I didn't order this. I ordered that." It doesn't doesn't matter. They will fix it on the spot. You forgot. Don't abuse this, folks. Okay, we're it's not who we are. But you literally tell them they forgot to add three burgers to it, and they they will just say, "My mistake." We'll get them right out for you. The level of customer servicers, so they don't want their people in mass. Now, why Oregon? Why California? Well, as you might imagine, the communists in both those states have uh, enshrined various rules for employees, giving them the right to wear a mask if they so desire. So no dice. What does that mean? I think 300 out of 391, that's the number, 300 out of 391 total in and out locations are in California. But now what they're going to do is they're going to make them wear the more restrictive N95 mask, which I predict uh, if you've worn an N95 versus a regular paper mask, you know, it's like, it's disgusting. So it's, and you can't breathe. So I think anybody who's going to, you know, who's just kind of wearing it because they want to, I don't know, want to want to hide their face or, or that they've just become so comfortable with it is going to start to rethink their life choices. Well, it's, it's true. And the cult of COVID really messed with people, didn't it? It made people goofy. I was, I was flying recently. I was on uh, Southwest. I, was, I sat down aisle seat next to a couple of nicely dressed, like professional-looking women, probably in their late 20s. And they are just masked up. They've got the straps around their head. They're both masked up. 
thinking to myself, if, if these if these gals were here in meetings in Las Vegas and were staying on the Strip, I mean, unless they slept in that mess, they're going to get a lot. They got a lot worse exposure in Vegas to bad things on the Strip than they're ever going to get on this airplane, sitting in the you know what was literally the bulkhead front row of the of of the plane. And I just I I just looked and I said, this, you guys are both mental. Now, the entire reason that RFK Jr.'s campaign is getting any form of traction, friends, is because he took a stance on COVID early on that bucked the prevailing attitudes of the Democratic Party. And there is a following within the Democratic Party, old school Democrats that love him for it. He also has a following among independents. And so there's an interesting piece that came out today. Well, yesterday, it came out overnight. From the Federalist, Robert Delahunty and Joe Popularis writing a piece about hey, why why Democrats like RFK are the reason the left won't ditch Joe Biden. Now the story I was it was a catchy headline, so I started reading it and I thought, you know, what's what's the what's the thing here that is the real that's what's interesting? What's the catch? And the reason is, is that, and this is what the writers say here in this piece, and I quote, Democrats are not a normal party, and they simply can't ditch Biden, not even if running Biden against, again, carries the risk of a third-party candidate or that Donald Trump might be elected again. Why is this? And here they, they get into something that's so painfully obvious. I've said this too. If Biden is to be dropped, the heiress apparent would be his vice president, Kamala Harris. Now, if anything else is obvious in American politics, the fact that Harris is not a good politician is beyond clear. However, throwing her under the bus would be awkward and nasty because she represents the triumph of intersectionality. I love this phrase. The triumph of intersectionality, the core democratic ideological position. Now it goes on to talk about Kennedy, and this is Kennedy's name as a unique asset. Yeah, he's a conspiracy theorist, but da-da-da, he's yeah. – Folks, if you tune in to mainstream media and you listen to them opine about the Republican Party, they are going to tell you that we have a Donald Trump problem. If you listen to the pundits out there, you in mainstream media, they're going to tell you yeah, the Republic. I'd hate to be a Republican. They got a Donald Trump problem. And what they mean by that is, you know, we just can't get rid of Trump, and Trump is here, and he's going to mess everything up and then lose the general election. That's their prevailing logic. Now, let's just set that aside, right, for a sec. Let's talk about the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has tacked in real, meaningful ways so far left that they are now being run by the extreme left folks out there. The Democrats, in catering to the crazies, in going out of their ways to satisfy the trans radicals, to satisfy the the uh, all this, all this, these racial activists, all this identity politicking. In doing that, they are beholden and they are held hostage by these fanatics. And these fanatics do not have the heart of the country. You know, the prevailing th- logic is you got to win three out of five independents to win a general election. Okay. That's, by the way, absent a 
spoiler candidate, somebody like Cornell West or RFK Jr. or others, but Manchin is the other name that's come up. No, the fact is the, the positioning of the Democratic Party has abandoned the center far more than the Republicans have. And I told you we'd set aside the question of Donald Trump being bad for the Republicans that every Republican, well, excuse me, every mainstream media type is telling us you guys have to ditch Trump. Fact is, Trump in his positions is kind of an old school Democrat. He's not a radical on abortion. He's not radical on, on uh, you know, even crime issues and things like that. He's not a, he's not a, He's not a, a, a major conservative. He's just an anti-establishment candidate, and we Republicans have been now so severely abused by the political corporate establishment that we're done. And he's, he's our answer to that. And by the way, the same attractiveness that Kennedy carries for many Democrats is what, what certainly Trump carries for us on our side, but it's far deeper than that. And he's a far more adept campaigner and a far more adept and formidable political force than Kennedy ever will be. But don't let anybody tell you that the, 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 well, the Republicans are lost. They're totally screwed. They've got a Trump problem, da-da-da. The, the, the Democrats need to make Trump sound like an extremist. And by the way, Trump doesn't help his case very often, does he? But they want to make him sound like an extremist because he actually is a very moderate Republican. He's a common-sense guy. And they know that it is a platform that is likely to get independence. If only just Trump could stay a little bit out of his way on some stuff. But anyway, there it is. And that is the root of it. They, they, know, they are terrified of the prospects of having to ditch Biden and then throw Kamala Harris off to the side. Because guess what? In the democratic world, the idea of slighting a black female political figure is party suicide. Even somebody who has proven herself manifestly inept and incapable for holding the job she has, let alone the job that she wants. And that's the word. Sam Rajovsky, back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The What's Right Show. All right, all right, here we go. By the way, I wanted to mention this here on the what's right show because this is not right scammers are using ai to mimic voices of loved ones in distress this according to cbs news there's been some testimony occurring on the hill uh the federal trade commission is aware of this uh there and, and i'll explain a little bit about what this is all about sam Rajovsky, news talk 840 kxnt i uh, one of the elements that artificial intelligence, the things that artificial intelligence can do is quickly learn and acquire information and then synthesize responses to that information. Of course, the same is, uh, you know, you, you do that in terms of you've seen ChatGPT writing an essay and this, but it's also in the production of creative materials, including sounds. I heard an incredible uh, thing the other day were uh, uh, an audio clip of of, uh, of I love Johnny Cash right some of my favorite music and I would say for someone that has never met Johnny Cash but has literally listened to 
a year's worth of, in terms of time, of Johnny Cash singing, that Johnny Cash, one, has a very identifiable voice and one that I'm very familiar with. And I heard an AI rendition of the Barbie song being sung by Johnny Cash. Now, I shoot, Robbie, this is why we need, we, we should have this ready to go right now, but I, I didn't think of it in advance and you didn't know I was going to be talking about this. So it is what it is. But phenomenal. It was unbelievable. Now, what's problematic with that is that for those of us who, I mean, for me, hours and hours on the radio, a scammer could very easily take the many, many hours of recordings from my show and program a computer to be able to use my voice. And then what's what's happening is these uh, scam artists are uh, taking that voice and they're, they're, uh, they're using it to get wives or parents to believe that the individual whose voice they've acquired and, and synthesized is in distress. Jennifer DeStefano, a mother, recounted during a U.S. Senate meeting her terrifying encounter with scammers who used the voice of her 15-year-old daughter claiming they had her. Mom, these bad men have me. Help me, help me, help me. Stefano said she was told over the phone and it sounded just like her daughter, right? Her daughter was safe in bed, but the point of it all was to get cash payment, quick cash payment from a scammer on the other end of the line. Um, well, this is frightening. What you need to do with your kids and your loved ones is to have a code. It could be cobble pop septic peptic, although that's a little long to say. It could be, uh, I don't know, it could be what's right. Whatever your code is, you need, a, you need a password, a unique identifier where you say that to your, we were always told to do this in, in, in you know, I was, grew up in the 80s and kidnappings became, you know, child abductions, I think is what they call them now. Child abductions were very, or they seemed rampant, but the media was just really blowing these things out of proportion and scaring parents left and right. One of the things that they taught parents in the 80s was have a code word with your, with your kids so that if somebody shows up uh, and says, hey, little Johnny, uh, your mom told me to come pick you up. She's hurt. She's hurt. You go, okay, sir, will you give me the password? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Fiddlesticks, right? So... I think that's something that you, you know you need. And I need to have this conversation, frankly, with my kids too, because uh, this is this is distressing, and we all are familiar with the voices and the cadence of our of our loved ones. And it's as unique as a fingerprint. It's as unique as DNA. And we human beings, our ears, our oral capability here to hear this and inter interpret it, we are in tune naturally to understand and to identify voices with which we are familiar. So I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, uh, yeah, we're going to tweet out the Johnny Cash song. We'll send it out on Twitter, at What's Right Show, and on, and on Instagram. Tweet it out and Insta, at What's Right Show. Follow those accounts for the program. Usually that's where we put all the visuals and stuff that we talk about during the program here. Um, by the way, I had a scammer. Robbie, I didn't tell you this. I had a scammer call me. I was... I was 
I had just gotten off air last week. And I got a phone call from a blocked number on my cell phone. And it was a man with a, uh, an identifiable Hispanic accent. And this man, by the way, it sounded like it was busy in the background, you know, like a little bit of like a call center. But it was not an Indian accent. No, no, no. It was not an Indian accent. It was not Nigerian. It was a, it was a, it was a good old Mexican accent, okay? And he says to me, he asks for Samuel Murjofsky. Samuel Murjofsky. Okay. And I, against my better judgment, I said, yes. And then he, he says to me, well, I'm calling for the, uh, uh, he was like off by a word, but the uh, Border Patrol. And I have a, we've intercepted a package here. And, uh, and it's, you know, and I go, yes. He goes, and unfortunately, I have to tell you, it's um, from Mexico, and it has, now, if they had said it had cigars, you know, maybe I would have believed him. But he's like, it had drugs. It had some unlawful, illegal substances. And I said, oh, this is going to be fun. I got, sir, I need your callback number. I need your badge number. I need, I need to know your full name, and I'll get right back to you. And there was a pause at the other end of the line. And then he said something very profound about my wife. Not profound, profane about my wife. And that's how that call ended. So, folks, you just have to be ever vigilant. There is every scam out there possible. And uh, just be careful. All right, friends. We'll be back tomorrow. Back at it. One o'clock. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. The What's Right Show was on, courtesy of Sam and Ash Injury Law. <laughs>